sometimes the home crowd is always the more difficult one, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, you're familiar. And it's also a topic, um, not so, not many people in the last maybe 20 years would sought after. And increasingly, I find people thinking about it. This is what I'm going to cover with you, um, looking at the issues. And I'm going to just present one chapter in the Bible. Uh, read through and give you some pointers. And then, uh, then what I'm going to do is uh, walk through what the Bible teaches. Uh, there are a couple of keywords. I'm going to be a bit technical to explain to you, but it's important to grasp that. And then from there, I will try to uh, introduce some terminology that is used currently in, in the outside world, how you look at uh, social justice. And then after that, I'm going to give you four case studies uh, two of them in Singapore and then two overseas. And these are the cases I personally work with and uh, one of them is still uh, working at and uh, trying to find some interesting answers to that issue. All right. So let me ask you to, if you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 5. I'm going to read the chapter and you get a sense of, as, you, as I read it, look at what the issue is. The Jews are now rebuilding the wall, and uh, one group has returned back, and uh, Nehemiah has started to encourage the people to rebuild the wall. The temple is done. And so in the midst of rebuilding it, you look at some of the complaints, some of the settings, get a picture of what is happening there and what are the challenges Nehemiah faced with. Nehemiah chapter 5. Now the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their Jewish brothers. Some were saying, we and our sons and daughters are numerous in order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. Others were saying, we are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our home to get grain during the famine. Still others were saying, we had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our field and vineyard. Although we are of the same flesh and blood as our countrymen, and though our sons are as good as theirs, yet we have to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we are powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. Let me pause here. What's happening? A couple of things. Number one, maybe there were some famines that have happened. Crops were destroyed. And this is a basically an agriculture place. And in order to buy food, what they have to do? They have to mortgage the only producing asset, which is the field. So if you mortgage that, then what would you have? You have nothing. You either become a laborer. If not, you will have no food to eat. And on top of that, what's going to happen? On top of that, the taxes are high. They have to pay land taxes. And if their fields are not producing, they have to pay the land taxes. What happened? They have to borrow money. So not only do they mortgage their land, they have to, what, sell their sons and daughters. And this is a very painful thing to see. So their sons and daughters, not all, but increasing numbers, are being sold to slavery. 
when I, when Nehemiah heard their outcry and these charges, uh, I was very angry. I pondered them in my, in my mind and then accused the nobles and officials. I told them, you are exercising usury from your own countrymen. You are exacting. Usury is very high interest rates. Uh, don't think it doesn't exist in Singapore. I can tell you later some examples sorry, of how this has happened. So I called together a large meeting to deal with them and say as far as possible, we have brought back our Jewish brothers who were sold to the Gentiles and now you are selling your brothers only for them to be sold back to us. They keep quiet because they could find nothing to say. So I continued, what are you what you are doing is not right. Should not, shouldn't, uh, should not you walk in the fear of our God to avoid the reproach of our Gentile enemies? I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain. But let the exacting of usury stop. Give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and houses and also the usury you are charging them, the hundred part of the money, grain, new wine, and oil. You see, what was happening was, uh, me my knew it existed. It was very painful when everybody complained, and it became an issue that he saw and he has to deal with. Why didn't he deal with it earlier? There's only one simple reason to that. This was done according to contract. There wasn't anything wrong. It was open. It was done. Though it may have been done unfairly, but both parties agree. So money was loaned, and it was loaned at a high interest rate. Now, Nehemiah himself and his friends did not do that, and his brothers. So this was something he saw, he knew the practice was there, but he did not follow the practice. And so the, so the nobles um, say, we will give it back and, uh, and we will not demand anything more from them. We will do as you say. Then I summoned the priest and made the nobles and officials take an oath to do what they had promised. I also shook out the folds of my robe and say, in this way, may God shake out his house and possessions every man who does not keep his promise. So may such a man be shaken out and be emptied. At this, the whole assembly said, Amen, and praised the Lord, and the people did as they had promised. Moreover, from the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, until the 32nd year, 12 years, Neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor. But the earlier governors, those preceding me, placed a heavy burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver from them in addition to food and wine. Their assistants also lorded over the people. But out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall. All my men were assembled there for the work and we did not acquire any land. Quite interesting. So he did not ask for 
taxes to be collected further because he was given a certain right as a governor. There was certain food to be given, certain amount of money to be given. He did not ask for that. And because he did not ask for that, taxes were not collected. And there was something very interesting. He did not acquire land. What does that mean? He did not go around lending money and took over the land. It was something very interesting. Huh? When he loaned money, it wasn't in exchange for land. So it was something very interesting this man has done. Huh? Furthermore, 150 Jews and officials ate at my table, as well as those who came to us from the surrounding nations. Each day, one ox, six choice sheep, and some poultry were prepared for me. And every 10 days, an abundant supply of wine of all kinds. In spite of all this, I never demanded the food allotted to the governor because the demands were heavy on these people. Remember me with favour, oh my God, for all I've done for these people. It's a very interesting segment as how Nehemiah dealt with it and I thought I wanted to use this. And before I share, uh, let us just pray. Lord, thank you for this time. It is a challenging topic as we looked at it. And may you open our hearts. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. The first problem, we have many children, not enough food to eat. The second problem they have, they were mortgaging productive assets for food. And once they do that, they basically kill the golden goose the goose that laid a golden egg, basically. So in, in a short time, they are not going to have anything else. What would they do? They will now sell their children. This is exactly what is happening. They had to borrow money to pay taxes for fields and vineyard to the government. And then you have children enslaved and cannot, cannot be redeemed because they have no money. The cause of the problem is actually very interesting. One is high interest rates. Today you think high interest rate does not exist. Go to the loan sharks official that you sit down there. Let me tell you what happened. Anyone who needs money who goes there, you will be paying probably about 20% interest per year. And some even higher. All right? And they charge by the month. So you find, I've, I've talked with a few and I was helping out with some looking at how they overcome. So it's not uncommon today. So many of them have to pledge their salaries to pay. So at the end of the day, the salaries are meant to be paid back and that cycle consistently traps it. Huh? So it's quite a sad thing. Um, any solution? The solution is actually quite dramatic. The return of the productive assets stop the high interest rates and the personal life example, as you can see. So when you look at uh, social justice, this is a, something that will see the imbalance. But you must remember, huh, this imbalance is done in broad daylight and uh, it's acceptable today. There's nothing wrong with it. By law, what is happening, it is agree agreement between two parties and the signing of it. A glance of the Old Testament would see three interesting things. God cares for the poor, and there are about 10 Hebrew words, 
and Jesus reaches out and relates to them. And the Bible has a lot of references on this poor, and I'm going to use some of them. And in short category, when you look at the poor, uh, I would define it in the modern day in these three categories. Um, first category, deserving poor. What, does, what, what do I mean by them? Number one, they could not work. Who are they? The orphans, the widows, the immigrants, and maybe the poor, and the handicaps today that we have. The working poor, who are they? These are the people who are open, willing to work, but there are just no work available. You find that a lot in the New Testament, uh, people who are waiting to be hired, and sometimes you see some of those Chinese movies, you know, the laborers are there waiting and they want to select 10. Everybody put their hand up. This is exactly what is happening. And then the undeserving poor, those who are able to work but not willing to work. So you look at the next slide. Very interesting words. There are three words the Bible talks about against the poor. And one of them is plunder. You plunder the poor. In some sense, you basically rob them of the of everything they have. Yeah. The second word, very interesting, is you oppressed it. That means you, you use force upon them. You push them to a corner. They, have, they cannot exercise their rights. Third one, you exploit them. And usually this word exploit comes in different settings and most of it has to do with uh, the weights. You, because they don't have enough, like in this case, you can charge interest, so you exploit the poor. These three words consistently run through. And there is another one very interesting, the blessings for those who are kind to the poor. And then finally, uh, by the way, uh, one interesting thought, some people when they read the, the New Testament especially, they think poverty is a good thing. It is not a good thing. It is not encouraged. And the poor in the spirit should not be looked at as poor in material, all right? So poverty is not the, not the desire of God, neither is wealth and riches. In the light of this, how can injustice take place? Let me suggest to you, huh? I look at it. There are two major interesting things to, to allow injustice to take place. First one, the structure of society present. And there are four things in the structure of society that must be present. First one, the system of law. Second one, the governor or the rulers. Okay? The third one, the enforcers, the policemen who will look and ensure justice is there. Protection is there. And the fourth one is the courts. Now, if any of this is corrupt, what will happen? It can be abused. The second thing that can happen is actually the personal life, the human selfishness and the greed of man. And when that happens, it will crouch in and it will, it will allow injustice. As you've seen today, it is happening in Nehemiah. You will see also in our lives, this is happening. What does it mean to do justice? Or what does it mean to have social justice? Let me read to you some scripture verses. And I thought the, the flavor of it is very interesting. 
Uh, one very famous one you see, uh, some of you read it in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, is a Micah or what they call the Micah 6 8 movement. Huh? And he has shown you, O mortal, what is good, what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This is a very, very nice three things. What does God require? What is good of you? to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Second one, Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty say, Administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner, another word for that is immigrant, or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. Notice the categories. Notice the frequency and how it comes in. Notice again, uh, some words very interesting. Every time you see the word mercy, look for the word justice. Look for the word good. Next one, Psalms. Psalms 146, 7-9. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry the Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sights to the blind. He lifts up those who are bowed down. He loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner, sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the way of the wicked. Very interesting. Another verse, Deuteronomy. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourself were foreigners in Egypt. These few passages must give you a sense that whenever pastor, whenever the pastors we meet together, whenever we look and we look at different things that are happening in Singapore, why it guided us to the migrant work and why we pay attention to the helpers amongst us. These are verses that has drawn our attention and our heart and what we need to do. You again and again see certain categories appear. Now let me give you another two more. Jeremiah 22 verse 3 to 5. This is what the Lord says, do what is just and right. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, the fatherless or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. For if you are careful to carry these commands, then the kings who sit on David's throne will come through the gates of this palace, riding in chariots and on horses, accompanied by their officials and their people. If you do not obey these commands, declares the Lord, I swear by myself that this palace will become a ruin. Very interesting. Again, you see the categories, huh? very similar. Last one. You look at Luke 4 and then you compare again to Psalms. It's a very interesting one. Luke 4 was actually taken from Isaiah 61. And this was a message that was used by the Lord Jesus when he was, after the 40 days of fasting, he then went back to his hometown and this was the first message preached. And he used uh, Isaiah 
quoted in Luke 4, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This particular verse has been taken by some theologian in South America, especially among the Catholic churches, to be a movement of what it means to free the people. And uh, so they took this verse and they call it uh, an act to break free. And they then deviated by using arms and uh, to fight for justice. So this one expression how some setting have taken place. A movie that you can actually see maybe in the 1980s uh, is called The Mission. If you ever got a chance to go and look at the movie, just uh, Google it. It's called The Mission. The actor at that time is Robert De Niro. It's a very nice movie. It won some, uh, um, won some awards, but it's also a very long and uh, very painful movie. I, I saw it when I was young, and I, I felt the ending was uh, it's not a nice ending. It's just a painful ending. <laughs> yeah. Now, as you look at the three words, also look at three other words, uh, the word um, oppress, the word exploit, the word plunder. The Bible also has three words that are very interesting on what it means to do good. And the first word, very interesting, is mercy. And the Greek word is called chesed. And it's God's unconditional grace and compassion given to you. So this is a frame of mind attitude. The second interesting word that came up you, again again you will find is the word justice or just. You, you find that when you read. Huh? Uh, acquitting or punishing based on the merit of the case, giving their right. So this, this word justice is very interesting. It has different sides. One side is you go after the wrongdoer. That means you go after him capture him, he will be punished. And then the other one is you defend the helpless and you make sure that justice is given. All right? So you, you acquit the innocent. And then finally, you, you prevent or you preserve their rights. So this word justice is very rich. Huh? There's many sides. And the third word you come across, very interesting, is righteous. Being just refer to a life of right relationship. Now this, as you look at scripture, justice and righteousness have very interesting uh, sense coming together. Um, but this word righteousness or the word being righteous sometimes is translated as also being just. Uh, it is not a, a picture of holy life. That means you don't sin, you don't smoke, you don't rob. It's not that, huh? The word here, righteous, is actually very interesting. And it actually means that you do right. Okay? That means you are generous towards the poor. You care for them. You stand for them. You defend them. Okay, let me give you two passages that were very meaningful to me. And it became very meaningful. I was just sharing to one of the brothers here. Um, one of the books I didn't quite like in the, I find it very difficult in the Old Testament is the book of Job. 
I don't know if you find that difficult. I find it extremely difficult to read. But in the last two years or so, this passage has uh, really ministered to me in a way. I want to read them. And, and Job is arguing with his friends why he is righteous. All right? So let me give you a flavor of that. Um, Job 29, if you have, you can write that down. Uh, Job chapter 29, and let me ask you to... Verse 11 to 17. This is Job answering to his friends and defending his case. Whoever heard me spoke well of me, and those who saw me commended me. Why? And verse 12 begins, Because I rescued the poor who cried for help, and the fatherless who had none to assist him. The man who was dying, blessed me, and I made the widow's heart sing. I put on righteousness as my clothing. Justice was my robe and my turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy. I took up the case of the stranger. I broke the fangs of the wicked and snatched the victims from their teeth. Interesting. This is Job arguing and in many ways God saw him as righteousness. Let me give you another one. Job uh, 31 and the verses are 13 and give, uh, give you a flavor of uh, what it is. Job 31 verse 13. If I have denied justice to my manservant and maidservants when they have a grievance against me, what will I do when God confronts me? What will I answer when called to account? Did not he who made me in the womb make them? Did not the same one form us both within our mothers? So Job was arguing, it's true. If God formed him, the poor, God also formed me. If God formed the man's servants who is born out of the mother, I am also born out of the mother. If I have denied the desires of the poor, or let the eyes of the widow grow weary, if I had kept my bread to myself, not sharing it with the fatherless. But from my youth I reared them as would a father, and from my birth I guided the widow. If I had seen anyone perishing for the lack of clothing, or a needy man without a garment, and my heart did not bless me, and his heart did not bless me, for warming him with a flea from my sheep, if I had raised my hand against the fatherless, knowing that I have influence in the court, then let my arm fall from the shoulder. Let it be broken off at the joint. For I dread destruction from God. For fear of His splendor, I could not do such things. This is righteousness. It's not just living a holy life. It's on top of that acting for the poor, the fatherless, the blind, the lame, the widow, and the immigrant. And this is where God's heart is. Let me quickly summarize, and then I'll, I'll give you some language, and then I'll probably throw some case studies, the four case studies I have, and tell me how you would look at it in a Singapore context. And tell me, based on this understanding today, what will you do? 
and what would be a righteous act uh, in that situation. Conclusion, doing justice is caring for the vulnerable. Doing justice reflects the character of God. Doing justice is being right with God, living right with before man, and not personal holiness, but communal and social righteousness. Doing justice is also being generous to the poor. These are the conclusions of it, as you can see that. Huh? And let me now ask a question for you as we look at the conclusion of it is there are three things basically when you think of doing justice. You must hold these three together. One, when if you are part of the law, punish the wrongdoer. Two, defend the cause of the widow, the orphans, the innocent, the immigrant, the poor. And then be generous towards these people. So there are four categories of people that you are asked to be looking out in the Old Testament. And these are the what? These are the widows, the orphans, the immigrants, the poor. But today, I think the language of today is not so much that in looking at it, but in our 21st century, I like to think that I'm going to introduce the word refugee. I like to introduce the word migrant worker. I like to introduce the word homeless. I also want to introduce the word single parent. I also want to introduce the word elderly. In our context. Huh? And as we look at that. And I've shared before in the church that there are some pains of mine when I look at an old man, 65, 70 years old, cleaning the table in a hawker centre. And just to earn and just to survive. And when I looked at it, I think our structure of society, something is not right. I tell you why it's not. I spend my time in the Philippines working among the poor. And many of the Filipinos, you know, when they come here, earning money to send back home. And one of them particularly, he was in charge of one of the outlets. He's a manager. And uh, he find it very difficult to to see the old man clean the table. And he would do something very interesting. He would stretch out and he would start cleaning the table. And then his nightmare comes is when his senior manager comes and he sees his manager cleaning the table. And then he will pull him aside. And what do you, what do you think the senior manager will tell him? What's the first thing? What are you doing? Right? And he said, I'm cleaning the table, sir. And then, then what do you think the senior manager will tell him? That's not your duty. But then you look at it and say, wow, that senior manager is terrible. Huh? But the senior manager is right. That's not his duty. His duty is to manage the team. It's not to clean the table. I mean, he can clean the table once in a while to help, but that's not his role. But he could not, he could not do that. He says, you know, in my culture, as poor as we are, we will never let our parents do something like that. As he's saying, it's very difficult. After two years, he cannot tahan. He actually quit. He went back home. Very, very challenging huh? in terms of looking at some of the situation and some of the context. And then when you look at this, how does the world see this topic? 
social justice today? And what are some of the social issues that pressed on you? Let me give you some quick uh, glance. Uh, today you would look at discrimination. This word will come, acro come across. Uh, it will be racial. So some definitions that are here, you would, you would see that it's due to gender, sexuality, religion, political affiliation, age, race, belief, disability, location, social class, social economic circumstances, and other characteristics or background or group membership. Whatever it is, this becomes some interesting issue to correct, to write it. With it, many people will ride on a bandwagon and define it uh, one way or the other as they stretch it. Huh? So because of this, what are the issues that are uh, important to them? For some people, it will be access to food, clean water, shelter, uh, decent health care. You find that a lot in America. So some of these terms uh, appear over there. Inequality uh, between the world, uh, employees, men and women, and then uh, environment. And there, I think there are some today in Singapore quite strong on environmental. And uh, I'm just curious, how many of you have ever heard of uh, caring for the environment, a sermon in church? Don't have, right? Yeah. If I, if I decide to preach it, then somebody will think that I'm, uh, I'm probably from uh, the green camp. But if you, read, if you read the Bible, it's very strong. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 2. <laughs> we are asked to steward the world. So it's, it's, there is some group today. Uh, you can see some of them are so passionate. They will write and they will stand between the, the whaling ship and the whale. And they will block it. They are passionate about it. And very interestingly and very sad, uh, a couple of years ago, one church in Singapore today had someone who really feels strongly and wanted to go at it. And the elders look at it and say, uh, not mission. <laughs> when, I heard, when I heard that, I, my heart is very painful. And I said, there is elements of that uh, today. There is some discrimination. There is some social justice issue because the environment is dying. Minority rights. Example. Would it be wrong if you work on Sunday? The PAP will come after the employer, right? Am I right? Correct or not? Uh, but they won't do that for the helper. If they do that to you, you'll be wrong. Do you think there's discrimination? Is that an issue that you should fight for? Is that an issue that you should defend? Are you following me today? So just because he doesn't carry a Singapore passport, working among us, is he entitled to some rights? Okay. Uh, if he goes to the healthcare, he pays more. But you say, but then how to distinguish the Singaporean and non-Singaporean? How do you then define privileges? A lot of 
interesting issues today. I don't have all the answers, uh, all right? I, I, I just felt that there are some that are present. When I was a HR manager in General Electric, uh, we don't have an issue. Um, one of the issues in the US that we always face is we won't ask a question in our employment form, which is, have you, been, have you gone to jail before? And uh, so if you ask the person who is answering it, what do you think his answer is? Yes. And then what happened? Will you call him for interview? Answer is no. Now in the States, we can't do that. But in Singapore, nearly every employment form, you, even till today, I believe, you'll still have, have, have you gone to a jail? Um, I was one of those that seriously object to that. I say, why should you ask that question? It's a non-relevant question. To me, it's an idiotic question. His answer is yes, so what? And then you look at it, he says, then don't hire him. But if you look at it, he has finished his jail sentence. What does it mean? It means he has paid his price to society. He is to be given a clean bill, start again. But then you will quote me as an example and say, but singing, look, there are those who have gone to jail and he commit again with his release. But that's his problem. <laughs> that's not your way of looking at it. So when I'm in the Philippines, when I hire, my board member will tell me, saying, you must get a certificate called Certificate of No Criminal Charge. And I actually look at my board and I say, you know, you deal with the slums. You deal with the people. A lot of them have gone, a lot of them have gone to jail. So you, you, you are hiring and say, have you been to jail? So what do you want the guy to do? He will tell you, no. <laughs> now you cause him to lie. Difficult question, a challenging one to me. So these are the issues that when I was looking at, when I was fighting for, when I was uh, at different stages of my life, and what it means to stand up, what it means to see. So these are possible areas. Huh? Let me give you the first case study. Let me paint some background to that. This is a homeless Singaporean. Aged early 30s, educational level polygrad, became a believer, family rejected him, kicked him out, and uh, same time, some circumstances, he became jobless, and nowhere to go, he resorted to sleeping on the street. And you meet him on the first time. And uh, so I meet him in this case. I, I meet him in the first time. Sometime later, something, I didn't know he was, he was homeless. Uh, he didn't tell me. I, I talked. And uh, some months later, I, I decided to call him. I don't know why. It's, it's very rare. I usually am not prompted that way. And I met him only once. His name came up two or three times. And when that happens to me, I say something is not right. I decided I will find his number, call him, and I say, are you free? 
can we meet up? And I want to find what's happening to you that God put your name in my heart, which rarely happens. Yeah, two, not just once, but two or three times, you know, over a period of short period of time. And I, I call him up and says, uh, and so and so, um, something happening in your life? And the person was just so shy to tell me. And finally he says, saying, uh, I came to meet you. I have to walk five kilometers. I got no money. But because you called me, uh, I can. And so, I, so we sat down, we talked and said, what happened? And then I found out that he's homeless. Now the question is, you are me. What are you going to do? Any answers? For the brave ones, I have some gifts. <laughs> yeah. I have some coupons to give out and... Okay. Refer him to social services. Okay. Very interesting. One possible thing. So in the meantime, while you are referring to his case, he still sleep in the streets. Huh? Okay. So now you're going to call the church member directory. It says, um, uh, Joseph Yo. <laughs> You know, do you have a room to spare? Or, you know, or you have a uh, pastor chiming, you know, do you have a room to spare? It's, it's going to stretch a little bit harder to any church member to open the house to a stranger, really a stranger and homeless. Huh? So it's, it's quite frightening. I mean, just think for, I mean, as, as I'm processing it. Possible, interesting answer. Any other answer? That's a, so immediately you hire him. Okay. But you have an immediate issue. He still go back to the streets. Huh? To, to, I mean, uh, they, you, you, you try to sort out that. that, that. Okay. So what he's saying is the long-term issue is to get him out of the street, right? So that he has a place to stay and a job, right? And then he can pay for all of that. And if you can do that, and say, wow, not bad, huh? Bring the homeless to a home, to a house at least, huh? So that's something. Okay. Any other... Family already kicked him out. <laughs> okay, possible. But you've got to ask him. He says probably he will look. I mean, I, 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 I did broach up that subject. He looked at me and said, saying, there's no way I can go back to my mom and my dad. Not, not today. Yeah. And if I go back, they will look at me and say, serve you right. Yeah. I told you this is going to happen. Yeah. So that was... 
So there's someone who will open the house to homeless people. There's some criteria, lah. Huh? Okay. So there's someone who open the house. Any other? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I knew somebody was going to say that. <laughs> God prompted you, so God have an answer for you. Right? So you have to act on it. Right? That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. <laughs> okay. Any other? Bring him home. That, that's the answer. Lah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry? Put him up in church. Put him up in church. Huh? Imagine stay here, no? You think it's a good idea? Don't know. Interesting. Alright. Any, any other answer before I tell you what, what happened in this case? Alright. Now, when I, when I met him, shortly in the afternoon, I'm going to fly off. Okay, so it wasn't a very exciting solution I had. So I, 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 I met him like he came at 10 a.m. and I was listening to a story and it was lunchtime and I'm flying off at 5. Then I got to go home, pack my, I mean, bag is there, I got to leave for the airport. So I look at it and say, wow, this is not good, man. But it's a good, it's a good reason not to deal with it. Correct or I said, God, I'm going to fly off, you know. I mean, what can I do? I've only got three more hours. <laughs> huh? My wife working, and then ask my wife, then my wife will look at me and say, Hello. <laughs> yeah, she says, God spoke to me, right? And God is telling me that you should look after. <laughs> that would not be a. So it was, it was impossible to do any background ch- check. And I said, stay here. Just give me some time. I went to Pastor Kofi's office. We sat down, we talked. I said, uh, Pastor, we can do something. Uh, so we opened up the Care Channel's office in the evening and we sorted out with a mattress and we looked at some toilets that can be used and we came up with some ground rules. And so the person stayed in the church over a period of seven to eight months. Most of you didn't know, right? <laughs> seven to eight months. We then had enough time, like what he say, work at a job, sit down with him, deal with his meals, have sessions quietly, over a period of time. Today he is working and he has a place. Not not too bad. Yeah. Single, not yet married as far as I know. Okay lah, huh? 
it's an interesting. He did something that really cheered my heart. One day when he started to work, his first, his first pay packet, he told me he did this. He went and he go to a hawker center, ordered quite a bit of meal, and then he took it and went to the place he used to sleep as a homeless person. And he sat down with his friends and they ate a meal together. Quite nice story, huh? So it was interesting to journey with this person today and to see how, uh, how you can look at, you can see the system. Second case, I think this one you can do something. It's a migrant worker, this one. Uh, it's a female, a Filipina coming to work, early 30s, graduate, family needs help, uh, applied as a domestic helper to Singapore and then married with two kids and, uh, you know, but family not steady, uh, needed income so the person had to come and then you realise as you are processing it, let me just say there is an agency fee, the agency fee would cost you about 2005 and then plus other miscellaneous in Philippines, you probably have to fork out another 500 for some training, la, paperwork, processing, la. all together there is uh, $3,000 Okay, if you borrow money, there will be high interest. It will take you probably another, you know, another five more months. So if she ever borrowed money, it will be what? It will be working for free for 10 months. Exciting? Now, now that you know, tell me what you want to do. Okay, looks like you're going to have uh, some honey to have. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry? Oh, fun. <laughs> Crowdfunding, eh? Okay, not, not thought of that. Someone mentioned that to me before. Yeah, any other ideas? No, so what he's trying to say is you go to the crowdfunding, you, you state a case, you put a, then people donate money, then you take the money, you, you, you pay. La. Yeah. But as far as she's concerned, soft one first. Okay. It's five months salary, la, but if you don't have money, you rent. Huh? So, so the question is, what, what do you do, right? Yeah. All right. Sorry? Wow, I look at this. God gave you her another calling. Start a maid agency. Okay. I know that. I know that. I, I know those too. But 10 years ago, doesn't exist, okay? <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. Those two that came up that I, I also know, I don't know it's the same one, we can talk later, um, believe this can be done and should be done. Yes, industry-wide. 
But this is very rare today, even today. Refer her to the Philippines. She's, she's not here yet, so she's, she's there. All right? And she has to come. So how do you process all of that? Any other? Uh, some, some of my friends together, we sat down and we, we came up with this. We, we came up with the fact that if we're going to ask the employer to fork out first. We encourage the employer, please fork out, come up with the money. And if you, at, in, in the earlier days before these two come, you know, where they encourage the employer to pick it up, in those days it was very difficult. So what we, it wasn't the norm. And till today it's still not very much the norm, but there are some practices today who went along that line, who will pick up, the employees will pick up. But actually we do, huh? In GE, we don't, even we fly the guy for interview, we will fly him business class if he's a fantastic guy, put him in a hotel, you know, and sometimes we fly his wife here, but, you know, made different, huh? Some people argue. So now, he, some, some differences. So in those, in those days, some of my friends together, we were thinking, how do we solve an issue like that? We encourage the employer, pick up the tab and deduct not five months, just deduct about $100 every month. In about 24 months, he would have settled it. Why? Why do it this way? Yes, she has cash flow for the family every month. Okay? And $100 from a 500 is still 400 that could be still sent back. And if it's taken over that month, it's going to help the family. So those were the things we look at today. Possible? Can do or not? Can happen, can also happen, right? Yeah. So what will happen? You feel the pain, and I've been cheated many times, ah. So I I know how is it like, and it doesn't get less painful, all right? Yeah. Yes. All I can say is, uh, I I always. I don't know if you hear this. Remember the story of the 10 lepers? Yeah. I don't know whether I mentioned this. Uh, they came to Jesus. They asked Jesus to, to heal them. And the question for you is, does Jesus know? I mean, how many, how many of them turned back? One. Nine didn't, huh? Does Jesus know which nine won't turn back before he healed them? Right? The ten lepers came to Jesus, right? He said, Jesus, please heal me. So at that point when Jesus saw all ten of them, did he know which nine won't return? Be careful how you answer. Huh? Theologically, you have to be right. <laughs> huh? The answer is, yes, obviously he knows. He knows which nine won't return, right? And which one will return? Now the question is, 
Why do you think Jesus healed all 10 of them? It's the right thing to do. So it's the right thing to be cheated. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Look at that. But it's painful uh, to be taken advantage of. Yeah. The difference between me, us and Jesus is this. We don't know which nine will cheat us. Which one is more painful? Don't know which nine or don't know which nine? It's an interesting journey. Huh? So God's love is far, far deeper than you and I can ever imagine. Today He loves you knowing tomorrow, I don't know what happened, you cheat God. He still smiles at you and says, come here, my son. And that is love, huh? So keep that in mind as you journey this. So for those, it will be pain. Huh? My encouragement for the family is, don't, you will feel the pain, don't let it become poison. Okay? You will feel the pain, don't let it become poison. Not bad. So some of you are thinking, looking at... Let me give you the third case. This one is away from Singapore. This is a street kid that I encountered in the Philippines. And we were running a children's camp or sponsored kids camp. And so this guy was a bit elderly, a more, slightly older, maybe eight, 19, 18 years old. He was bringing the 13, 14 uh, to, the, to the children's or to the youth camp that we were running. And in the midst of it, Unknown, he, his background is like this. His mother was raped and he was the product of the rape. So he was actually very angry with the, against the father all his life. Most people didn't know about it. During the camp when he was the supervisor of these children, sitting down there together listening to the message, the Filipino preacher was talking about God's love. Somehow he was touched deeply. And during that camp, he broke down. He cried. He made a decision in his life to forego the revenge he wants to exact on the father. And so after the camp, we needed some, some work to be done by some youth, the senior youth. So he was one of those that volunteered. We paid them. And we had worked for about six weeks or so. Every day you will be at the office, punching something, doing something. So I will be going to the office. When the six weeks was up, there was nothing else. He, all of the bunch left. But among that bunch, I find this young man the most interesting. And it bothered me for a while. Every time I go back to the office, the name came up again. So this is one of those times. The name came up again. Oh, I tell you, it was very difficult. I was eating my lunch. His name came up again. So I, I said something is not right. I must do something. So I called out one of my, my uh, staff, the senior staff, and I looked at it and I asked, what can I do? How can I locate this guy? Send word out. I don't know where it is. Man Metro Manila is very, very big. We, we just couldn't find out where, where it is. So, word went out, and I waited. One week passed, no name. Second week passed, no name. 
it was until about the fifth or the sixth week, finally someone said to me, he's saying he's working at the petrol station. Now, what would you do? And he's a street kid. He work, he sleep on the street, he work again so he could survive. Huh? All right. Tell me what would you do? Away from Singapore, a bit difficult. Any ideas? Link him to the local church. One possible, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, possible, but very rare. Any other interesting answer? A little bit different from the case that your friend had. Huh? This one is a 19, 20 year old boy. Hardened by the street in some sense. Huh? Any idea? To send him to study. Send him to school is a, a good long-term problem. I mean, good long-term solution. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, not long-term problem, long-term solution. What am I talking about? <laughs> uh, long-term solution, but in the near solution, what to do? It was a very difficult... I, I, I struggled with it. So it was something like this. God put it in my heart, right? So something God must have something going to do. <laughs> I'm looking, scratching my head. What do you think can be done? Sometimes the I, I can understand Pastor a little bit. He chong. I'm I'm also that type. You know, feel it. Wow, chong. Then you realize, hey, now you find him. What are you going to do? <laughs> so this is what we did. We have some space in the office. <laughs> now you know where all the learning lessons are from. And we have some space in the office, and we created a space for him. But it was very interesting asking him to join us because we weren't very sure whether he wants it. Don't, don't assume that he wants to join you. So we, I, I sent the staff over to talk with him and said, would you like to come and work with us? And uh, he said, yes. And then I told the staff to be polite to the petrol kiosk owner to talk to him when he can leave. And the petrol kiosk owner was actually very rude to the staff of mine. And he scolded the staff and said, what makes you so sure that we'll... I, I, I don't want to let him go. So the staff came back and tell me that. And we sat down and said, I, I really wanted to go and... Uh, lack of a better word, nearly wanted to punch that petrol owner. <laughs> I thought I was already very polite, sending our guy to tell him, please, we can negotiate the time when he will leave the job so that he can find a, a replacement, train him up, and then place him so that he work well, and then he leave and come over to me. Quite gentleman, right? I thought, so owner says, I'm not going to let him go. I feel like saying, he could have left you today if you want, right? Yeah, there are some people who just don't understand kindness. 
<laughs> when kindness is exercised, uh, they thought they have a right. So I told the staff over, just tell him to leave. Uh. Come over. So the old man, I mean the owner ran after him. No, 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 no. Then you, finally we say, okay. We, we then teach, I mean, didn't, didn't scold him or anything like that. We say, okay, so can we now talk? So he trained and then he came over. And then after working for a year, we decided this young man, responsible, we decided to put him in night class. Okay? He's going to finish the diploma level. And the final semester, he took four years to do it every night uh, for nearly four years. And the last semester, he gave up. He left the ministry. Painful now. Very painful. And then he went, became a taxi driver over something that had happened. So he was a taxi driver and every time I go to Philippines, once in a while I thought of him. And then after about two years, I said, anyway, I need taxi to go to airport. So I told the staff, please call him. He's going to take me to airport. So every time I, from Manila to airport, he will drive me and we talk. We just continue talking. Then I realized he had a live-in, a long-time girlfriend. I said, why are you not married? He looked at me. It's not that, but getting married, the cert and everything is expensive. So we talk. Just left it and there. We continue talking. You know, long story short, uh, this conversation happened not like once, but quite a few times over about two or three years. And then one day, in the midst of it, he got married. Okay? And in the midst of it, he decided to join back us again. Right? And still today with us in the ministry. So it's a okay story, yeah, I think. Huh? It's still work in progress. Uh, not completed yet. Uh, uh, today, most interesting thing is he bought his own house. Right? And uh, when he, he said to me, he said, saying, I'm still young. My wife is still young. We would really like to have a house. And so he said, well, what would you like to do? I'd like to buy a house. Yeah, so house was bought and the wife is here working. And uh, so we talked to some families in Singapore who will take the wife in as a helper. And uh, so this two, this, this two is journeying in a sense. Huh? So maybe another two more years, the house will be fully paid. And then the wife will return back to the Philippines. So this has been like a 12-year journey. <sighs> Long one. Uh, doing right. The final one is a very, the most difficult. Uh, let me paint to you the story. Before I paint to you the story, I'm going to show you the photo. This is in Pakistan. See the guy? He's working. This is a brick clean worker. He works there because he has no money. And he needs a huge amount of money, which is like 
US 1,500 for medical emergency. So he knows that the brickling owner will loan to him money so that he will pay back. The condition of it is that he will work in the Brooklyn to make bricks. Look at a closer picture this time. They are to make 1,000 bricks a day. And one brick is one part rupee. Just to let you know what, how much is one part rupee, one sing dollar is 110 part rupees. So it's less than one cent. Every brick he makes, huh? He has to prepare the mud, he has to add some sand to it, and on top of that, the, the, the kid is older, he's able, he collects the mud, he passes to the family, the family puts this and dry, and how many rows there is. Okay, how to solve this problem? One million families today, without the gospel, laboring there, kid will never see the light of school, medical problems still exist, and now they are bonded. It's a willing slavery situation. Any solution? Have a crowdfunding, raise the money again, buy him out, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> By the way, it's done. Some people do that. It's not crowdfunding. There are people who bought and uh, who paid for the who paid for the, the loan, redeemed that guy. The question is, what do you think he will do after that? He still don't have a job, right? You know what this Quite a few cases I hear. They buy them, or someone buy them out. They are now free men. You know what they do? They go back to another Brooklyn, borrow a higher amount. Hoping for the next guy to bail them out. Tough, huh? What pained me was to see the little child there standing, never going to school. This was a picture that stared at me. My first time I walk in, sat down, talked with them, 2006. It's now nearly 15 years. And I'm still working at this, trying to free. I just came back yesterday from Lahore, Pakistan. And... I think I'm seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. So what we did with this family is we, about six years ago, we tried something very interesting. Let me give you a little bit more background for you to appreciate this. What is the worst nightmare of their life making these bricks? What is it that they don't want? Rain. How many months do you think rain in Pakistan? It's actually about three months. So in these three months, it means what? No job. So they pay back some loan, borrow again. So it's a chicken and egg situation. So the, the owner of the Brooklyn basically knows that he has trapped the man. The man is committed to him. He has security guards. They won't run away. So 
this is an interesting situation. So you know, three months, he cannot work. How do you want to? So what do you want to do during the three months? Can he do something? So can. What can he do? Give him a? Give him a cow. He must have heard something before. All right. You must have been listening to my sermon, huh? <laughs> okay. So we actually did several things. Number one, we brought school to them. Okay, we are now, we now have started 11 schools among these brick cleans. All right. And the total number of school children is about close to 2,000 going to the school. So we are able to encourage our parents to send the kid to school. And then we are the, the family that is hardworking, good, we gave them a cow, a six-month-old cow. They were red for a year. And at the end of the year, they sold the cow. Whatever price is sold, we chop it into half. Half of it goes to him. Half of it returns back to us to pay for the next six-month-old cow that we have. We know from today, his amount of money he earns from one cow like that is between 300 US dollars to about 400 US dollar. 12 months. Okay, Give, put in perspective, he will, he's, he take this money, he can feed the family for five months. Okay, so this is actually to you maybe a small number, to him it's a very exciting number. He will usually borrow about 1,500 US dollar. So he now have what? If he sell 300, he now have what? He had 20% of his, of his what? Of his loan money. If we keep it, he has now four more years to pay. So we know that through the cow, he's able to redeem in five years, provided no disaster happened. If he's assuming 1,500. But how to solve the rainy season? Think, tell me. Rainy season is good for what? Your, your city people, huh? <laughs> you, you say rainy season is good for what? Collecting uh, water. <laughs> no, no. Rainy season is always a what? A time to plow the land. So what we did was we, we thought of another idea. Surrounding them are farmland. We went to the owners. We actually rent acres of land. And one acre, two or three family work. One uh, acre, two or three family work. They, they work at it. They plant rice. They plant wheat for the year. And this become additional income and food for that. Not bad, huh? So now we solve the three months problem. Today we have solved the education problem. We have medical teams that go there to handle some of the health issues. If we have some emergency funds prepared, we, have, we know some doctors who will treat them for free or very reduced price. We have now rent land for them to work at the three months so that food is on the table. We have provided a cow. If they keep the cow, they have paid 20% of the loan money. Sounds good, right? 
You think it worked? No? You think it worked? Make sense? Some of you look at me, where's the curveball coming, right? <laughs> this trip I met, I went and I wanted to study this a bit more. So I talked to one interesting family. And this is a family we gave two rounds. The first round we gave a cow. She sold, she got 350 US dollars. And we are watching, you know what she did with the money? She now buy her own cow. She bought a female cow, grow it, and then we gave her two. Another two cow this time because trustworthy. She now have two and she grow it. She sold it and it's become what? 700 US dollar. Second year, huh? She take this 700, she buy another one or two cow. So now today she owns three female cows at different times will give birth and she was telling me this trip. She's milking and having 10 liters of milk a day. And she told the pastor, don't need to disperse cow to me anymore. She had 10 liters of milk. One liter of milk is 75 park rupees. 10 liters is 750. And uh, if she gets 750 a day times 30 is 20,000 park rupees, way above many, many things today. All right? It's a very nice story. I'm going to capture it and I'm going to write this story. But she still hasn't paid the loan. I don't understand. <laughs> this is something I'm puzzled. And I, don't ha I, I didn't have too much time to sit down. There, there must be some logic somewhere I'm missing. It's not your logic, it's just her logic. She is a very unusual woman. She's smiling. I'll, I'll tell you what made me glad. She tied her milk to the pastor. She will send a liter of milk to the pastor. So this woman is not greedy. Huh? She is blessed and now she blessed back. But why she didn't redeem, I don't understand. So this is my next... Uh, so I, I'm beginning to see something and I'm going to sit down and gather a few... There's not just one story like that. There are a few stories like this over the years that we have encountered. And then we want to put, put them together and then hear them and then find out how to break this poverty cycle, this slavery. I thought I'll share this with you. Uh, it's an interesting journey, the fact that there are so many of you doing, wanting to hear. I hope these stories and a little bit of understanding of the Bible uh, encourage your heart. I'm going to pass the time to... Uh, Answer is yes. So today, one of the most interesting things about social justice, when you enter this arena, 
Who are the stakeholders that will be angry with you? What? What are you doing? You're changing the norm. You're changing every practice today. So the Brooklyn owners are not happy. So, uh, so far, not so bad because it's not serious yet to them. Wait till everybody start paying back the loan, then uh, things may change. Maybe that's why they don't pay back. Maybe it's an interesting way to look at it. This one is a leap forward. Huh? Buy over the company, now I become a Bricklin owner, right? <laughs> then, I'm the, then my new title will be Moses. Uh, then I liberate them, right? and then sign new contracts with them. Possible! I, I don't, don't look at it. There are some Christians who tried to do that. Uh, they didn't work out well. Because they didn't, they didn't understand the psychology of the brick clean workers. Yeah. So now today we see some families who are able to break but didn't want to break clearly. There is, is there a reason? There is some reason and we are not fully understanding the context. Why? My thought here is not to ask them to leave the break clean. It's to pay the bond and renegotiate the one park rupee to 1.25 park rupee or two rupees. Whether the brick clean owner can accept that or don't accept that, we will wait to see. But I believe if we can renegotiate the terms, because these people are familiar with this work, taking them out, how to reskill. There are so many issues today. All right? Today, the informal schools are working very well. The children are there studying. The medical work is not entirely fantastic, but it will solve some issues. But the work issue was the most. We can still rent the land. We can encourage them to, with another one or two cows to then have emergency funds on their own. So a lot of this can be done. But we, we felt one of the things the next few years I want to do is to find a brick clean owner who is open and we are willing to sit down and renegotiate terms and see what productivity that can be generated from that. I think it's a better story than them leaving the Brooklyn. Any other question? Oh, this one very... The question is, how are you sharing the gospel with them? It's quite interesting. Every time we pass a cow to them, we group them into a cell group, about a couple of families together. So it's called a cow cell group, huh? Yes. And we talk about a cow, and then after that we talk about the Bible. One interesting thing that has happened over last year, we baptized about 279 people. It's quite interesting. So it's been opening up. We are seeing some interesting after about uh, quite a few years of work. Yeah. I, got, I saw a hand there.
All this was done by the local. One critical issue is local partners, very critical, who, who see the same thing, who feel the same thing, who want to solve. And then find a, find a group of, uh, we, we found it very useful to have small group of people who are willing to, to let you do some trial and error. Yeah. So the cow was a trial and error. Actually, we started with seven cows, and the story is actually very funny. Uh, we started with female cows. We gave to seven families. And then I visited each of the seven families. So, like, like all things after, just before you leave the house, like you go Teban, you always ask the family, what can I do for you, right? I mean, and the family, this old man asked me, he's saying, you can pray for my cow. And I look at him and say, wow. I always pray for human beings, but never the animal, no? But maybe nowadays we may pray for dogs, but cow is... So I, then I asked another stupid question. You know, very, sometimes it's an auto system. You know, it's a specific area of prayer. <laughs> oh, so this old man said to me, he says, uh, Pastor, it would be nice if you pray that the female cow get pregnant. Wow. So God answering prayer is got to be very specific. Huh? So what I did was, no choice. Huh? I put my hand on the cow. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally do, did, did that. I put my hand on the cow and I pray. It says, God, please, whatever it is, let this cow be pregnant. It's a good experiment. We need a good answer. So, I mean, I prayed in English. They don't understand, but they think I prayed for the animal, which I did. Huh? So I came back here. Two months later, a text came. And the, and the answer is, the cow is pregnant. <laughs> Not bad. Then the, the same Compound has another woman having the cow. Didn't ask me to pray. The cow didn't get pregnant. <laughs> Quite interesting, huh? The next year, I went and visit the family again. This seven. Obviously, now the cow pregnant, give birth. And uh, this other woman now decided to ask me to pray. Well, this one very challenging again. Because uh, if, if don't get pregnant, they, they may say my the press not very effective, huh? So laid my hand again, and then, sure enough, two months later, cow pregnant again. Yeah. Don't ask me to pray for you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite good with cows. I don't know about human beings. <laughs> Cats and dogs, I will do. All right. <laughs> I learned some new, I learned some new things as I travel. You know, it's really quite interesting. Jimmy, <laughs> one area that is burdening my heart is to see the elderly. I don't have all the answers. I, I, don't, I think we need to sit down, listen to their story. And if something can be done, understanding that would be an interesting reflection. I know of a friend of mine, very unusual friend. He celebrated his birthday in Chinatown. He booked an entire restaurant. He took everyone from the street and gave them a 
fantastic meal. But this friend is always a maverick. <laughs> but, uh, interesting idea. I, and just different angles of looking at something. I, 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 I see, uh, it's not just giving them money. It's, it's something walking alongside and how to see this issue. Just like those Bricklin, it's not taking them out of the Bricklin. Yeah. It's working with them to see how God can free them inside. It's something that will allow them to have a glimpse of the love of Christ. Yeah. The other one is obviously the, the church uh, ministry here. I, I, I find this is a difficult area especially among the Telugu brothers. Yeah. There's still no group, very interesting, that has picked up Danny as a praying, praying for them. So maybe one or two CGs maybe looked at, pray about, and then uh, come and visit him on one Sunday just to see. Uh, I know you have been championing the National Day, and I, I'm just encouraged to see every year you are there. Yeah, it just touches my heart. Maybe this year there will be someone again. The third one, for you to understand if this is something that touches your heart, uh, take some time if you want. Look and go into Andhra Pradesh with Danny once this journey to, to hear some interesting stories of what we are doing here and how much is really changing lives there. Yeah, there are some very fantastic testimonies that are happening. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. I will make that arrangement come true. It's a very different kind of holiday, okay? <laughs> but it's an interesting journey.
Any more last questions? Yes. was when I, in my time in Philippines, I, I work among the prostitutes. I sit into, I, I deal with two groups that are working directly. Um, I, I don't talk about it in church because it's a very dark world and the cases I hear is very painful. But the, these are not so challenging until three, four years ago, I started to think through on the issue of transgender. So I went on a trip with uh, Danny and I entered a room pretty tight and I was sitting among 50 transgender. And it was very interesting feeling in my heart. And I went to visit them, their homes and the issues that they deal with. One theological issue that came up, and I asked Danny how Danny feel. I said, Danny, do you ask them to change back? Danny's answer to me was very interesting because I also want to think through that. And this is where a lot of, a lot of people have very different answers today. Like what you say, one of those controversial issues, a difficult one for me, was how to handle it. And his answer to me is saying, I don't know, I don't, I don't ask them to select. If they decide to be where they are, I welcome them. If they decide to change back, I welcome them. So today with the LGBT issue is, uh, we have to look into our hearts how we treat the people. And I think the Christian community uh, constantly not doing too well in that line. Danny has demonstrated something to me huh, in the way he approached it and uh, look at it. I, I'm not saying uh, LGBT issue is not serious. It is a sin, but differentiate it sometimes with the sinner. Yeah, but in the process of journeying, uh, there must be grace to handle the sin, you know, and truth confronting the sinner. It's very difficult. Yeah. So there's no good answers. I sometimes my wife scold me because in my time in the Philippines, I counsel quite a few pastors who commit adultery. And um, I remember there were cases where I spent some time. I always say, why are you spending so much time with this man? And why are you so kind to him? <laughs> you know, from a woman's perspective. And I, and I see the wife suffering. You know, I, it's not that I don't see the wife suffering. I see the wife suffering. Because I, I know both of them. And um, oftentimes it was very painful seeing the wife. And my answer to my wife is this. 
I think one day, if I happen to be that pastor, I have a question that, how do I like to be treated? Yeah. So that has guided me to spend time to journey, to confront quietly as one-to-one -one and to walk uh, this journey. It has not been easy, uh, but it's always good to feel the tension. If there is no tension, then something is not so correct. So that is a tension I feel in my heart. Thanks. I want to show to you the last slide. Can you turn back to the computer? <clears throat> the last slide. There are many ministries in Singapore that are involved in social justice. And I want to introduce some of this to, to you. So maybe you're familiar. But there's something for you to, if you have a heart for this, you can contact them and see what you can do individually or even as a CG. Today, sorry, uh, sorry I originally was thinking of breaking into small groups to your own CG for you to think about what can you do as a CG. But I hope that you will pick this up next Friday when you make as a CG. Okay, next. There's one here, Micah Singapore have a lot of biblical resources if you want to do more studies. A lot of helpful biblical resources. Then there's Care Channels, that's when uh, singing is involved in and then uh, the founder of this. And then there's Tama Village, they work in the red light districts to help some of the prostitutes. And then we have the Health Surf, that's a migrant worker, our uh, deacon. Uh, Raj is involved in this health serve. They do migrant workers besides just the health, also in the legal side and the other education side for them. And then also there's a prison fellowship. They minister to offenders. They go inside, give devotion, give Bible study, as well as ex-offenders. When they come out, how do you help them to find job and find dignity? And then there's a Haga. Uh, they deal with a lot of uh, human trafficking. Uh, Haga. Uh, the whole journey of it. Then there's the world visions, uh, humanitarians, both for the, uh, the children as well as the family. And then there's homelessness in Singapore. Okay, you can, um, you can find this, uh, how to help the world. Then there's a OM ministry, have this street walker outreach where they walk the red light district. They talk to the, the street workers as well as they also talk with the PIM. Okay, they talk with the PIM because they are the one that give you access. And then, uh, and also there's just Migrant and me. Okay, you can take a picture. There, this is just a glimpse of it. There are many more that you can see. And that's something that I like as a CG. When you go back next week to think about, as a CG, what something, you can start small. It can be just a one-time thing, but leads a one-time to become a continual thing that you practice uh, social justice as a CG and as an individual uh, in this area. So that's all for tonight. I thank you very much, Singing, for a very helpful, insightful, practical, uh, and also encouraging. And I, I, I'm so glad that he's part of us, and he can, he's, he's very uh, open for people to interact with him, to, to, to talk further, and we can learn a lot of examples from him. So uh, let us stand and then just close this time in prayer. Lord, today as we look at social justice, Lord, we see your heart. First of all, Lord, you are merciful, God. Your unconditional grace and compassion extend to all of us. Totally, you already know that we are going to reject you 
and yet you continually loved us. Thank you that you are God of justice. You give what is right. You want to punish the wrongdoing and you want to give people the right. And thank you that God, you are also God who is righteous. Righteous in your relating to us and you want us to be righteous in relating to each other as well as to you. And today I pray that God, what you have uh, reminded us, what you have taught us, I pray that you will not just stay in our heart and not in our mind, but God, it will spur us into actions. When we look at situations that we will do whatever part that we can do, but also think about the systemic thing. How can we think about it, do it, helping people in the long term and also willing to walk the journey and willing even to be taken advantage for, of and to walk the journey to be really Lord, um, long-suffering. And you open our hearts and when, the, when you place burden, I pray that we will not refuse it, but we will act upon it. And as a community, as a YA, and as a CG, I pray that, Lord, you will also show us so that we can spur one another towards good works. That's what you have told us in your word. And we thank you. Continue to pray for singing and also his ministry with care channels and in our church and among the missionaries that God, you'll give him protections, give him your wisdom and your compassions and, and to deal with so many complicated situations that God, he will think long-term and yet he will have that continual soft heart to minister and to guide. And we thank you, Father, tonight. Thank you for this time here. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free, feel free to mingle around. Uh, fellowship is here.